Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Madison Scarlett, and you're listening to Hey 20s. So for today's episode, I really wanted to talk about something that's been on my mind for a while, something that I learned back in my first undergrad in university, and it has been monumental in terms of changing my life and changing the way that I communicate with people, the way I understand myself, even other people in conflict. Um, I'm just going to get right to it. So there's this idea that we all carry stories and some people use different terminology. I mean, you'll hear people say baggage or triggers, but whatever you use to define past experiences coming up in present moment, we all have them. And the issue with stories and why it's so important that we talk about this and understand its effects is because we convince ourselves of truths that haven't even happened. And that has a big impact on our lives and the way that we see the world. I think it's really easy to do this, to convince ourselves of truths that haven't happened, um, especially in today's current society, because we're hardwired to doubt ourselves and believe that we're fundamentally flawed. It's society's number one slogan, right? Um, Because the worse we feel about ourselves, the more willing we are to look for outside instances of gratification. It's a money grab on the expense of our self-worth. Buy this, drink this, use this, read this, you'll feel better about yourself, you'll be better, you'll be more worthy, you'll get what you want. It's all just a ploy. Anyway, I'm getting a bit sidetracked, but the reason why it's so easy to substantiate stories with absolutely no proof is because we're given more examples on a day-to-day basis of why we're flawed than why we're worthy. I can guarantee that you've done this as well. For example, let's say you're texting someone new and you've been texting for about a week now. Each reply has been within minutes of each other. It's just rapid fire going back and forth. All of a sudden, one Sunday afternoon, they're not replying to you as quickly. Maybe the text messages are shorter. They're not watching your Instagram stories anymore, whatever. It seems that they've lost interest. And so what is the meaning that we attach to this story about ourselves? They've lost interest. I'm not pretty enough anymore. They don't like me. This is what I get for going out on a limb. We retreat because we've we've put ourselves out there. We're not getting the response that we want. We start trying to analyze it. And when we analyze it, when when we come from a place of lack and a lack of self-worth, it's going to be at our demise. You know, it's going to be our fault. Instead of something a little bit more logical, like maybe they're just busy. Or let's say they have lost interest. Instead of being so offended um, and wounded by that, taking it as a blessing or just being like, you know what, I'm glad I know now I get to move on or whatever and find the person who was meant for me. Because when we don't feel that we're enough, it's always going to be our fault. But I really love this piece of information and I love sharing this with people because it's helped me in situations where I wanted to believe less of myself, where I've convinced myself from past stories that I mustn't be enough. I've done this in a variety of relationships we all have, um, but for me, it's been especially with romantic partners. And the reason why I put an emphasis on romantic relationships or intimate relationships is because I had a difficult time keeping friends and I think that's because there was one very specific story that I told myself over and over and over again which impeded my friendships and my relationships with girls you know my age or or whatever and it was that I wasn't a good friend that I couldn't keep a friend and that no one wanted to hang out with me 
And this started when I moved away. I moved pretty far away from my friends and they still all lived very close together. And I started to tell myself, well, we're not hanging out because I'm not fun enough because I'm not entertaining enough or cool enough or whatever. I I was telling myself that like no one wanted to hang out with me, that I wasn't a good friend. I wasn't good company. You know what that does to a person's ego when you start telling yourself over and over and over again that you're not good company, that people don't like you? (laughs) Like it's not a good scene. Um, And so... I, that was one story that I I carried with me no matter what, which was really difficult in establishing relationships with other people. I would start to kind of build a friendship with someone, you know, at work, but I would never see them outside of work. I was situational friends with people, you know, the ones where it's like, oh, this is my work friend, this is my school friend, this is my volunteer friend, my neighborhood friend, whatever. Um, And not someone that you go out of your way diligently to spend time with them. And that's the role that I felt I was playing. And so I told myself every time when a friendship sort of started to blossom in these situations, I'd be like, well, it's not going to, you know, last. It's not like you're ever going to see them outside of this workplace or school or whatever. Um, Because no one wants to hang out with you outside of the situation, really. I'm sure if you were to ask my friends now, why didn't you and Madison hang out? They wouldn't say, oh, because Madison sucks. That's just what I was telling myself because I didn't feel worthy enough. And truly all of our, I think, problems would be solved with a lot of self-love and a lot of self-worth, but we're working on it. And so I urge you to question how you show up in relationships and what stories you bring with you. The irony and the funniest part about this entire story about the story is that I was an active participant in my isolation. I was the one who was denying hangouts and saying, oh, I can't go here. I can't do this. I don't want to see these group of people, whatever, and just stay at home by myself or do things by myself a lot of the time and sulk about it. And then tell myself and convince myself that it's because I'm not good company. You know, it's funny how we kind of feed and we get into that cycle. Maybe we convince ourselves of one story. Maybe it's substantiated. Maybe it's not. Most likely it's not. Um, But then we start convincing ourselves that that's always going to be the case. And so we start acting accordingly, right? Like the example I said about the friendships. If we think that people don't want to hang out with us, we're going to start acting like people don't want to hang out with us, even when they ask to see us. And that's the funniest part about it all, is that stories have this blinder effect because they feel so real. Brene Brown talks a lot about this, um, and I think she uses the word confabulation. Brene Brown has her PhD in social work, but she's a researcher. And so she talks a lot about this and uses the word confabulation. Again, I believe that that's the word she uses. How she defines it is a lie told honestly. And that is the most dangerous thing, a lie told honestly, because it has no truth. It cannot be substantiated. It doesn't have a real meaning, but we attach all the meaning in the world to it. The thing about friends, I'm not enough. It always comes down to I'm not enough. Always. Every every situation, it just manifests in different ways and it can show up in different ways. But at the end of the day, when we think that we aren't enough, when we face adversity or we face some kind of conflict, we are so quick to just attack ourselves. 
because we're not enough. If I'm whole, if I feel good about who I am, then when I face adversity, I'm not afraid of it. I know that I'm not flawed or that if I am flawed and I'm willing to accept that, that it doesn't make me any less human or it doesn't make me any less valuable. I'm actually going to switch gears a little bit and start talking about a friend of mine. And I understand the irony. I'm discussing how I don't have friends. And then here I am. Let me tell you about a friend. This is just an example of how we brainwash ourselves into believing instances that aren't true. Anyways, so I have a beautiful person in my life named Nicole who talks about checking the facts. Um, And she's on her own journey and I'm so incredibly proud of her and the growth that she's made. But she will remind herself and she'll tell me, yeah, you know what? I thought this, but I had to check the facts because I realized it's not about me. And it doesn't say anything about my worth and who I am because I checked the facts and it doesn't say anything. Um, And so I thought that that was really beautiful. And I know maybe it seems simple, But we have to remind ourselves of the basics. And I think that's a really great tip to use when you are in a situation where we attach meaning to a story. On Instagram, I asked people the question, what are some lies that you convince yourself of? And one of the replies that I got was from a really good friend. I know, funny, right? Named Brandon. um, And he said, as a perfectionist, if it's not perfect, I tell myself it's not worth doing instead of trusting the process. And I love that because I, too, identify with being a perfectionist in only very specific, like, niche areas. Like, if you see my apartment and if you see a lot of aspects in my life, you'd be like, what? This girl doesn't, can't even do it half-assed. What are you talking about, perfectionist? Um, But the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because I think a lot of people also grapple with this and... For me, I believe the story attached to perfectionism and the idea that if it's not perfect or if I'm not perfect, then it's not worth doing has to do with control. And it's a defense mechanism, really, because if I'm perfect, then I've left no room for error. What could you possibly judge me on if what I've done is perfect? The thing is that when we do things that we're not perfect at or that we're not good at or that we feel like we can't do to the best of our ability we leave room for scrutiny. We're going to be criticized. And if I'm criticized, how can I possibly control and protect myself from your opinions and your thoughts on me? Brando, if you're listening and you're like, what the hell, girl, you're wrong, then, you know, let me know. I'm I'm projecting because I have the same thoughts and stories connected to perfectionism. The importance of reflecting on past experiences and the meaning that you've attached to stories is that it affects the way you show up. It affects the way you internalize situations, the way that you look at yourself. And it's also very limiting, right? Like that's what baggage is. Baggage doesn't have that name because it's light and easy. You know, we all know what it's like to have on a really heavy backpack or to carry heavy luggage. It weighs you down. So get that shit off your shoulders. If someone doesn't give you the response that you're looking for or they ignore you, does it really say anything about your worth or your capabilities as a person, as a friend, as a sister, as an employee, as a lover? It doesn't. You know, everyone's reaction is truly a projection of whatever's going on inside, internally. And I don't want to make this too confusing, but... Why is it that we can all witness or experience the exact same thing but have a multitude of different reactions? All the time, always. We, people will see and be a part of the exact same experience and take different things from it. So to place your worth or your identity in the hands of someone else and their reaction is just like not sustainable. It's not real. 
it's not real at the end of the day because just in my personal life right now, I've been telling the same story to people over and over and over again the exact same way. And I've gotten a variety of different responses where some people's like, yeah, that's so cool. Other people are like, that's really, that really sucks. It's whatever's going on inside and their experiences and the baggage and the stories that they're carrying. So like Nicole said, check the facts. First things first. Understand what's really going on. Are you interpreting a situation in a way that's at your demise? Or it's, is it actually going on? What do you have to substantiate this thought? Really understand what's going on for you. Because if you feel reactionary, there's something deeper going on. Don't be afraid to bring that emotion to light. It's okay if you're feeling a certain way and you're seeking validation, but to know that the healing really does come from within and it doesn't happen from external forces. But it's okay to say, hey, I'm human and this is what's going on for me. I've had a bad week and this is how I feel about the situation. But I statement is about me, me, me and not how you did this wrong and you made me feel this way and you know, that's a whole other can of worms that maybe we'll get into another time. So I hope that you guys learned something. I hope this was of value to you. Um, It's really helped me in my life in understanding conflict, right? Like I don't need to be as combative anymore when I realize that I am attaching meaning to situations that actually say nothing about me and my character, right? So let go of that external identity that relies on other people's projection of you because it's all bullshit anyway. On that note, uh, I'm going to head out. But thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. I hope you have a beautiful week. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Until next time. Bye.